Today is Wednesday, September 18th, and on today's episode of That's Some BS, college football is going. We're in the thick of it, and we're loving every second of it. Last week, kind of a down week with uh, games, but now we're in the thick of it. Moving on to the NFL, injuries left and right. Who's surviving? Who's not? Who's gearing up for a Super Bowl run? All right, let's get into it. Uh, we're going to be underway here shortly. Please keep the seatbelts fastened as we climb out. We often get turbulence. Flight attendants, please be seated for departure. Bro, here we go. Another one. It's it's another week college football, and uh, to be honest, it wasn't that like it was great. Yes, it was. It was don't like, don't it, don't put okay. shame on week three. Week three was great. Well, okay, listen, it was like bad pizza. Like like any other time, it's just like it's pizza. It's good, but it was still bad. Like even bad pizza is still good. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like the Popeyes bring your own bun. You still get the sandwich, but it's not. The sandwich. Bro, that thing's so trash. Like, they need to hurry up and bring... I heard that they're bringing it back more than just the sandwich. They're bringing back, like, a buffalo style and a grilled sandwich, too. Dude, I can't wait for... for no, Well, I just can't wait for us to review it because I'm just not proud at the at the way that they've handled themselves here amidst, uh, amidst some struggles. Yeah, some bad administration moves. Bad, uh, bad leadership. Kind of shows their character. But anyways blowouts were the name of the game this week. Like, it was boring. I'm not going to lie. Like, the top ten, other than one game, which we'll talk about here in a second, were all blowouts. It wasn't even freaking close. So you were bored week three. Yes, I was very bored. But let's get into, like, one of the first games that we can talk about, and that's Kentucky and Florida. And we actually watched this together. We did. It's rare when we get to sit down and actually watch sports together, Brock. We're both busy guys, you know, running the podcast, running life. But we actually got to sit down and watch the Wildcats and the Gators get after it. A loyal BSer got to join us along the way. But we were, Florida almost had their demise. We almost got to witness it. And my heart hurts a little bit because For I the think. the Wildcats? Right. Because we, we I mean, Florida is not a top 10 team. and No, they're not. And they just got by by, I mean, the hair on their chin. But, dude, it's going to happen. We just gotta, we just gotta wait because look, Mister Felipe Franks is now out for the rest of the year. The goat, the goat. Okay, the goat, the goat. Yeah, more like he look, dude. He looks like a goat, honestly. What's a weak yeah. farm animal? Like what's like a donkey? No. Yes, he he's a donkey. He's definitely not a goat. Donkeys are actually kind of strong. Um, what else? What's another weak farm animal? I'd say like. I would say a chicken, but they actually produce a lot. They provide provide meat and eggs. Okay, let's just go with the donkey. Yeah, let's stick with the donkey. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, he's a donkey. Anyways, Felipe Frank's going down could possibly be the best thing for Florida going forward because it was almost like they were in debt to him, and they're like, "Well, crap, we got to start you because you're the guy." But this Trask guy, I think he's going to be something big. So you think they benefit? From they Franks should. going down. Because any you put anybody else in over Felipe Franks, and you're probably either going to hold part or do better. But I like I feel for Kentucky. 
because it literally came down to the kicker. And we all know how that goes. Like you were saying, you're like, I don't, I don't feel good about this. This is not good. I just not good. I didn't agree with the call. Like, I mean, yeah, you were there. I was, I, I wouldn't have liked to call. I would have gone for it on that fourth, on that fourth down. Um, I don't know what was in the air, but man, I just knew that that young fellow wasn't going to make that. And now they got an L. But yo, Florida's got Tennessee this week. Tennessee could uh, could right the ship maybe and bring down the Gators. Yeah, this this could be the one game to reset their whole entire season. Tennessee has lost that whole entire like the whole fan base. But if they win this game, they win them all back. Rocky Top's going to be playing all night long if they beat the Gators. We would be, I mean, fans of Tennessee if they were to do that. Oh, we would. Oh my goodness, yeah, dude. We've been talking about how Florida's not a top ten team since week zero. Yes, and this is now week four. We're about to be on the season, right? I mean, the Gators are the Gators are not chomping this season, but yo. So let's get into uh, some champs and chumps, and I got to take this one before you steal it. Kansas. Whoa, I forgot about Kansas. The Jayhawks. The Mad Hatter, dude. They beat Boston College. 48 to 24. Not like they didn't win this on a last second field goal. No heroic effort was needed. Like they walked. This was an outright game. Yes, bro. They whopped the Eagles. Um, it kind of sucks to be a uh, fan of Boston College right now because you just lost to Kansas. Uh, there's yeah, a feeling it's that. Like the most embarrassing thing ever outside of like picking UCF to win the conference. Do you still think uh, KU makes a bowl game? I do. I really do. Okay, so how many? They're at two wins right now, right? Yeah, so four more. They need four more. Four more. And I think that they can, like, anything's possible with the Mad Hatter. And you know this. Like, <laughs> they just need four more wins, and they're going to a freaking bowl game, and we're buying shirts. Low-key, they need to win this week against at home in Lawrence against West Virginia because from then on out, their next three weeks after this week is – at TCU versus OU at Texas. Hey, and you know the last time that they won a road game against a Power 5 team? Oh, my you know how gosh. how long it's been? How long? It was 2008. Oh, wow. Oh, homie, we were like in middle school. <laughs> yep, we were in eighth grade, man. Oh, my God. And now like, it's been that long. Now we're in so like, well, now I'm in like 19th grade. Yeah, well, you're you're never gonna be done with school. Let's just accept that. Oh, I'm gonna be done with school. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Then we can do this podcast full time. Right. Then we can. Okay. I mean, really do it a one and give the people what they really want to hear. So moving on to my champ, we're not leaving the Sunflower State. We're mm. staying in Kansas, and we're talking about Manhattan, not New York City, but Manhattan, Kansas. The little they apple. Got a huge road win against an SEC opponent. And they sent dudes helicoptering all around, and it was a big win because Chris Jones, who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, a Mississippi State grad, was talking a whole bunch of crap to the Kansas State folks that were up there in Kansas City. And the Kansas State beat writers loved to get, put some on Chris Jones this past week. But it was a good win for the Wildcats to go down there to Starkville and Cowbell Town and get a dub for the Big It's a big win for the Big 12. Huge win for the Big 12. I think K-State is now flirting with being ranked if they, yes, if they keep it up. Votes. Yeah, I'm right. I'm pretty sure like they're the next team in um, going off of receiving votes. But my next 
champ, I'm going to stick with some champs, is Arizona State. Over okay. the weekend, the Sun Devils beat, this was an upset, beat the number 18 Michigan State Spartans with a final of 10 to 7. So I think it's official. Michigan State has one of the best defenses in college football, which you know I love. But, dude, their offense, atrocious. Bad. I just think the way that they managed the end of that game was atrocious. I was almost going to give them a chump for that. Really? Actually, yeah. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and give them a chump because I have it written down, and I wasn't going to do it. But you know what? Sparty, you guys are chumps this week because you guys had the field goal to win the game. Y'all made it, <laughs> and it tied the game to go to overtime. But because you guys are chumps, you guys had too many men on the field Literally, all you had to do was make a field goal, and you had too many men. You're so excited to get everybody out there on the field, and then you move back five yards, and the kid shanks it, and you lose to the Sun Devils at home. Did you see the way the kicker ran onto the field? Yes, and I saw that video, and I totally understand why Michigan State would have zero confidence in the kid. We should probably find that and put that out because I don't think too many people know about that, but judging off that, yeah, they deserve a fat L. I'll I'll. Uh, I'll get on the Instagram page and I'll post that video. Okay. That, yeah. Get our, get our, that was ugly. yeah, let's get our social media team on that for sure. Okay. Let's get back into like a, a good feeling, good vibes with another champ. Okay. Okay. So one of my champs this week are UCF trolls. Mm. They're back and they're out and they're rocking because after the beat down of the Cardinal, the Stanford Cardinal, the message board warriors got more ammo. They got so much more because now everybody can say that they beat a power five team and it wasn't really close. It was a beat down now, given it was at their place rocking down there in Orlando, the happiest place in the world in the world. But the UCF trolls are the champs because they get more ammo to really just piss off everybody else in college football. I do agree that this is a, I mean, this is a resume win to for sure for them, but I wouldn't it's not a it's not a very polishing one. Are you still confident that your Bearcats are gonna be able to beat the the Golden Knights? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things to do in Orlando, a lot of flashy, a lot of distracting things. But what is there to do in Cincinnati? The Reds are done, the Bengals are trash, like Bearcat football is what lives in that town. And so I feel like there's they're gonna be dead straight and focused and win the American outright. And uh, put the beat down on the Golden Knights. That's oh. a little bit bold of a statement. I'm sorry. I mean, no. I mean, dude, you're you're sticking up for what you believe in. What's that saying? Uh, stick up for what you believe in, even if you're staying alone. Yes. That's and I'm I'm alone here. That's that's <laughs> that's literally you right now. So my chump is Maryland. Okay. But between week two and week three, bro, all ESPN and the legit sports podcasts. Wanted to talk about the Maryland Kool-Aid. All I heard was just how like how good and different uh, the Fighting Turtles were this year. Um, and dude, they were ranked, bro. The big, I mean, they were ranked twenty-first in the nation, two and zero. And they go up to Philly and take an L to to the Owls. So literally, I don't like. Did you hear the Maryland hype last week? Yes, I did. The Terps. The Terp talk was on fire, and they went up to the city of brotherly love and did not receive much love. But, yeah, the Terps, man, I think that ESPN, everybody hides them up. There's always that one team at the beginning of the year that either whatever network 
just has a fascination with. It's like their their Cinderella dream pick. They're like, the Terps are going to be the team this year. And watch, the Terps will probably be good. They'll probably go to like the Camping World Bowl or something like that. That's a good bowl. Know. Yeah, it's it's a good bowl, but it's not. If like you like what, average. Yeah, it's not what like they were predicting them to be. But I'm gonna have to go to another chump right here, um, and it's going to be the Fighting Illini bank account. So we've talked earlier about different teams paying, uh, you know, smaller teams to come play them, and they lose out on a big paycheck, i.e., Tennessee Volunteers, like what we talked about earlier. But the Fighting Illini paid Eastern Michigan just straight up one million dollars to come play them. And EMU got the dub. And it, it like, that's the most embarrassing thing is, like, paying someone to come beat your butt. Like, I still can't get over that. Like, that blows my mind that someone would be like, hey, here's a million bucks. We're going to beat you. Psych. We're going to take that L. Did you see afterward, post this game, did you see where um, Lovey is no longer going to call uh, the defense? Honestly, I think Lovey's one of the most overrated coaches in, like, sports history. I might agree with you, but, I mean, he's been through Tulsa, so I got a little loyalty there. Like, he's a, yeah. he's low-key a Tulsa guy. But, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I remember when, when he got hired in, uh, what are they, in Champagne? Yeah, Champagne. That I was about it. They ain't, I popping, really, they ain't popping bottles there, I'll no, tell you that. No, I remember I was about it. But, oh, I just remembered. So, we had a, we had a question this week. Caller wanted to call in, and he wanted a update on who the stat leaders are for rushing yards and receiving yards. And Sam, I don't know if you have checked, you know, checked into these stats, but I think the caller was a little bit of an Oklahoma State fan. Okay. Because as of right now, at the end of week three, uh, the leader in rushing yards is Chuba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State with 521 Yo, go yards. Go Pokes. And the leading receiver with receiving yards is Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State with 390. So kind of a loaded question, caller. Um, I think you already knew. I think you just wanted to run it up on the podcast. But uh, congrats, it works. Yeah. So Hubbard and was it Wallace? Yep. Those dudes, they produce big-time numbers for Oklahoma State. And, like, the thing is, is that, yeah, it was against Tulsa. And, yeah, it was against McNeese State. I'm excited to see what they can do this weekend. Talking about some of our big games coming up for this weekend. Uh, who, Brock, who they got this weekend? They have the Texas Longhorns in primetime, 6:30 ABC, I believe. But it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I remember telling you, Sam, not to forget about the Longhorns after their loss to the Tigers. The Tigers. And I think we're really gonna see whether they whether they want to stay in the fight this year or not. Because this is going to be, I think this is a must win for them to sort of stay relevant and to back up my claim that I think they are a good team. Low-key, being a fan of Oklahoma State, I'm very, very worried for OSU's defense because it do has... You think this is a, do you think that this is a revenge game for last year? I mean, dude, OSU has beaten Texas the past five years. I don't know if you've known that or not, but... No, that's a great stat right there. It is a great stat. So... I think, I mean, remember last year, Tom Herman and Mike Gundy almost swapping hands at the at midfield? No, I don't remember that. Oh, well, I got a bad feeling for the Pokes. I'm not even about to lie. So I think Tom uh, 
is going to get run it up. Yeah, is going to beat Gundy this week. But looking forward uh, into to week four, where's game day? Game day is in Athens, Georgia this week. So they're going down. So you know the song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia? Well, Kirk Herbstreit and the boys, they're going down to Georgia. So game day is going to be rocking and rolling from the University of Georgia. And I'm excited to see this game this week of Notre Dame and uh, the Bulldogs. Sam, I don't know if you've seen, but this game uh, that's going down this Saturday between the Dogs and the Fighting Irish, it's one of the top five most expensive games to go to within like the past decade. What? Yes. Guess how much tickets are to this game? Like, I'm gonna say like 200 bucks a ticket. 650 dollars if you wanna if you what? wanna see in Athens to watch it. And, and I'm sure that's like nosebleeds. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. You're guaranteed nosebleeds. Bring your binoculars if you pay that much. Because yeah, you're sitting up in section 324. But, dude, that's insane. But if you remember this game back in uh, two years ago when Georgia came to the bend, this was a really, really good game. Yeah, and Jake Fromm was what, freshman at the time? Jake Fromm was a freshman at the time, and he he managed to get out with the dub. But going into the breakdown of this game, since we're in it, Rocco's pick. Oh, this is Rocco's pick for the week. This is Rocco's pick. Every game day is is Rocco's game. So Update, update, uh, so... Did Rocco win last week? Rocco did win last week. So the Rocco Rocco's got a winning percentage right now. Three and one. Yeah, that's not too shabby for for a mini Australian Shepherd. <laughs> but looking looking at this, so Sam, we've got Georgia sitting at three and zero. Notre Dame happened to have a bye week um, in between week one and week three, so they've only played two games. But dude, neither like nobody's played anybody. Like these guys have not played anybody. I don't know if you count Louisville as a somebody for for Notre Dame. Well, I just thought it was weird the the Irish took their bye week like so early in the season. Well, dude, like, I can imagine just like scheduling issues for an independent team. I bet that's migraine on migraine. Yeah. Which okay, we're not going to open that can talking about Notre Dame getting a conference. Hush, that's for another day. But that could be a whole entire podcast right there. It could. So Georgia's just played Vandy, Murray State, and A State. Nobody's. Notre Dame, Louisville, New Mexico. Again, nobody's. So we're gonna really find out what uh what both of these teams have. But dude, the dogs are rolling. Like no one's talking about Georgia enough, I don't think, because we're all hearing about Clemson and Alabama, um, with Trevor and Tua. But dude, Jake Fromm from State Farm is getting no love. Shake from State Farm. I love his khakis. <laughs> well, Here's one thing that I'm looking out for. In this game, can Notre Dame stop the rushing attack from Georgia? Like, Georgia is historically known for being a running back university. Like, you just see all the dudes that they put up in the NFL right now. Like, Sony Michelle, Todd Gurley. Like, guys left and right. And they just keep replugging running backs. And so, can the Irish slow down the Bulldogs rushing attack and that's the one thing I'm going to be looking at from this game. More so than that, I think as well, it's it's going to come down to how, I remember watching the Notre Dame-Louisville game and Notre Dame could not pass the ball. Like, Ian Book, like, Ian Book is a glorified game manager, I think. Last week against New Mexico, he did have quite the day throwing the ball, but against uh, Louisville, dude, it was not easy. So, 
And I'm like, and like you said, Georgia plays great defense all around. So, dude, low key, contrary to popular belief, I'm a little bit of a fan of Notre Dame. Rocco's going dogs this week, bro, and that's just that's just being real. That's just trying not to be biased, but woof, that's woof. a very dog thing to do. Pick right, dogs. exactly. You know that that's a you know mini dog, but big pick right there. <laughs> Little dog, big bark, big pick. There we go. I hope I hope Rocco continues her streak right now. I mean, she, she I mean, rolling three and one, rolling into week four. I mean, that's pretty darn good. But some other games that I'm interested in are their two interconference games, and it's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC. So starting off, we got Michigan at Wisconsin. And Michigan, we've been, like, in a weird way trying to – like, I don't know if it was that we were rooting for more for Army or Michigan to lose, but Michigan's had their backs against the wall for a couple weeks now. And starting conference play, this is going to set the tone for the rest of the season. This is Harbaugh's, like – I feel like it's one of his last shots to really kind of right the ship here for the Wolverines. And Camp Randall is not an easy spot to get a dub. Not at all. No, not at all. And so I think, I think Wisconsin is going to come out victorious in this game. They're at home and I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything from Michigan's offense to give me any belief that they're going to be spectacular on Saturday. They've barely they've done the bare minimum to win in all these games that they've played so far. And they can't do that against a Wisconsin team who potentially has the Heisman candidate at running back. I was shocked just to see that Wisconsin's only favored by three. Yeah, I know. I mean it, but the weird thing is is that you'd expect that to be a night game, but it's Fox's uh noon game. Well, Loki, I feel like the Big Ten does this. I've does I, what? I feel like the Big Ten shows some of these like great matchups. I mean, this is what the number eleven team versus number thirteen team? This is a yes. this is a great matchup. I feel like they sometimes do those early on the day. Or I might so be worse. wrong. I just feel like that. But well, I think that I think it's because they're not trying to compete with like the ESPN primetime game of the night. Because I know Fox has a deal with the Big Ten where they it's like the SEC and the CBS. You know. Yeah, that's a that's that's a good point. Going back, so you're interested in that game. Going back to Friday night before we get to Saturday, I'm low-key. Friday night lights, baby. Let's go. I'm interested in the Utah-USC uh, game. Oh, I know. You're a big, big Utes guy. Dude, they're my dark horse, so I'm definitely, I'm watching them close. They just cracked the top 10, but here, I mean, here's the thing. USC is coming off a loss to BYU, actually, who last episode we were like, yo, need to watch out. They're scrappy. Provo. Like crazy things go down in Provo. Um, yeah, Mormon. The Mormons took down the Trojans in overtime, and that's the only time that Mormons ever used Trojans. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, so yeah. Oh BYU. no, <laughs> BYU, look out! Oh wow, but no, dude. I don't know if you've gotten to. <laughs> I don't know how I keep going from that. I don't know if you've watched Utah this year, but dude, they're running back low key. I'm in love with, and I think he's going to be a first-round guy. Zach Moss, absolute workhorse, because just like Notre Dame, Utah struggles to throw the ball. So I'm interested in this. What what's some more that you're that you're going to keep an eye on? So the other game, like I said, going back to the SEC, is Auburn at Texas A&M. Mm. Both teams are kind of in that weird middle ground where they're not like considered like the upper echelon of the SEC West, like uh, the Alabamas and LSU's, but the loser of this game is definitely on the bottom half. Um, and for some reason I like Texas A&M to win this game. Like I'm a, 
I'm a I like Bo Nix, but dude's got to take an L. I mean, like he's not. He they barely scrapped by against the Ducks, and all these other games that they play has just kind of been warm up games, and they haven't really played a big game since. But I don't know, man. I really think the Aggies they even though they didn't show out against Clemson, I don't really think any other team would have done better in that scenario. And being at home in Aggieland, Kyle Field, I just don't see Bo Nix and the crew rolling in there and getting the win. I just don't think Bo is ready yet. I think he'll be a great quarterback. I think he fits. Obviously, he's Auburn's golden child, but I just think it's too soon. I think in a couple oh. of years, I mean, it'll be all we're going to hear is about Bo Nix. So I'm I'm definitely with you on that. So we're going to call it no for Bo. No, no for Bo this week. No for Bo. So you got the Aggies, huh? Yes, Aggies rolling in that one. Okay. But, Brock, this weekend is so much better, like, with just pure matchups. Like, last week last week was just trash. The only other last weekend that I want to harp on real quick was the Cyhawk game. It was Ooh. game day's game of the week, and it was a classic game. It was a classic just corn-fed, corn-fed game. You know, it wasn't, like, a high-scoring blowout, but it was just a slugfest of two – blue collar teams and I loved it because both quarterbacks was Stanley from Iowa and Purdy from Iowa state, both of them balled out. But I knew at, at towards the end, like it's going to have to be one team that makes a mistake. And obviously it was the poor Cyclones, man. They it just came down to one possession and Detrone young. He's blocking his own. Like, he ran into his own guy and we were like, that's a terrible way to end the game. But, uh, the, the Hawks, man, they made it out. You think both quarterbacks balled out? I wouldn't say balled out, but like it was very competitive. It wasn't oh, it, like a one. It wasn't a one-sided show. I mean, like even though Brock Purdy, who I mean, I really think I'm amazed that Iowa State got a kid like Brock Purdy. Like he's a good quarterback, and I like how he operates. And he's still a young kid. He was he a sophomore, right? Like he'll get his chance at the Cyhawk Trophy again. Don't worry, Cyclone fans. But like. I mean, Stanley, he's a senior, man. He's rolling out there, and he's balling. And especially with the crew around him, it, it, it's hard to lose a game like that if you're Iowa. I loved how many during game day that morning, I remember just seeing so many signs, bro, that dealt with just corn. And yeah. it was it was awesome. Like I, like, I loved it. Like, some of them were pretty corny, but... <laughs> oh, my God. But some of them were pretty good. <laughs> oh, my God, you're an idiot. <laughs> Yo, but low-key, though, so there was this fan during game day that his his sign said, like, hey, like, my beer stash is, like, diminished, so Venmo yes, me. Yes, I think I saw this. Dude, so this kid, we should we should look to, to get him on the pod to talk about, you know, his experience, like, low-key. Um, this would actually be really fun. No, dude, it would be a great conversation, but I, I forget his name, but apparently he got over $8,000 Venmoed to him. Yes. Like, okay, here's the deal. I want to go to game day now just to put my Venmo up there and my cash app and just collect cash. <laughs> Dude. But he did it for a good cause, didn't he? He did. So he turned around and said, you know what? Instead of spending this money on uh, Bud Light or something, he turned around and he donated the $8,000 to the children's hospital. Up there in Iowa? Up there in Iowa. Where they wave? Uh, yes. Where they wave. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of this guy now. Yeah. We're, I, I mean, think I saw that Bush, Bush found it 
Bush found the guy and they matched his like the donations that he got and they're giving him free beer for a year. Right, that's why it was Bush. All right. Oh, yo, Carson King. We need to get Carson King on the show. Okay. That's so his name. If any of you BSers out there know Carson King, hit him up for us and we'll get in contact. All right. So moving on to NFL week two, kind of a quiet week. You know, Eli Manning got benched, Daniel Jones got promoted, Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, got traded. Jalen Ramsey requests to be traded. A B catching touchdowns. Drew Brees is out. Like, just a, you know, just a quiet week in the NFL. Are you kidding me? This week was insane. It was. Like, from the games to, like, all the off-field stuff. Like, I don't even, where do you want to begin? I'll I don't start. know, but, dude, can we, like, while we go through this, can you promise that we won't talk about Antonio Brown? Yes. Okay, I'll just start. Patrick freaking Mahomes. My guy. Four touchdowns in a quarter. Shout out, because yesterday was his birthday. Shout out, Patrick. You're 24. Happy birthday, um, Pat. Yo, yo, big shout out from the That's and BS pod. Anyways, four touchdowns in a quarter. There's, in, there's a reason why he was an MVP, and there's a reason why he's going to be an MVP candidate again this reason for this year. They're down 10-0, and, bro, he throws for 278 yards in one quarter. Some guys didn't even have that for the whole entire game, and he threw that in 12 passes. I got the notification on my phone, and I I had to, like, you know how you double-take on some things? Like, bro, I think yeah. I triple-took. Bro, and, like, I don't know if you could imagine me just, like, sitting in my one-bedroom apartment screaming my head off. Like, and my, my neighbors are probably thinking, what the heck is going on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going off. That's what's happening. But I was pumped about that. Chiefs are rolling, and we'll talk about the game next week. But moving on. Breeze and Big Ben going down. Like, Steelers could easily just lose this season. I mean, dude, they're 0-2 now, and they just traded Minka. Or no, that's a lie. They just traded for Minka. But, dude, they're 0-2. So are you hitting the, the panic button in Pittsburgh? Not yet, because guess what? Pittsburgh is fixing to be Stillwater Northeast. Really? You think Rudolph comes in and, and is uh is the answer, huh? Well, I don't know if he's the answer, but he knows a couple of guys there that's in the wide receiving core that's also from Stillwater. He does have a previously established connection. So Cowboy to Cowboy connection up there, I think that's going to help. And, you know, he's a big guy, big, strong guy, and that's what you need in those cold weather climates. But he seems like a pretty level-headed guy. That's He's been in the he's been in the locker room for a whole entire year, and Big Ben's not going to – I mean, Big Ben's going to help him out. I think that this year's still salvageable. Because I don't know how long-term the Ravens can hold this up. They're a good team. But I just don't know how long-term it's going to be. And then, obviously, with the Browns, it's it's hit or miss half the time. And then the Bengals are a dumpster fire. So, the, the whole all hope is not lost yet. And they only have one road game until, like, November 10th. If Rudolph is the answer, could we see the end of Big Ben? it would definitely be a catalyst for them to move on. You know, I mean, I think because they got Big Ben under contract for two more years and, you know, he's a Hall of Fame guy, I think that they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt of him coming back, um, kind of like an Eli Manning situation, which we'll get into here in a second. But I think they'll give him a shot to come back. But it all depends on how Rudolph plays. If he comes in and lights it up like Tom Brady over Drew Bledsoe, there's a reason there, there might be a chance Big Ben's days are done. 
but I don't, I don't see that happening. I think that Rudolph comes in. I think that they might get a wild card. I think that the Ravens pull off and I think they win to the division, but I think that they might get a wild card and they, they'll probably challenge the Browns, honestly. One more question to you that I'm curious to, to know your answer to, and you might not feel strongly about this either way, but who are you more impressed with? 2-0 San Francisco or 2-0 Buffalo? Two, oh, wow. Dang. That's a tough one because in both games for the 49ers, yeah, they've won big, but it was the Bucks and the Bengals. Like, it's like being the smartest kid at a community college. But then it's if like, you look at Buffalo, they've just beaten both New York teams. Yeah, but you got to think that's more of a rivalry there. Like, that's they're the kings of New York now. And they dude, state. How, cra- state champions. how crazy is that for Buffalo though? They play, I mean, at the Jets, at the Giants, back to back weeks. Back to the Meadowlands each week. Yeah, that's. It should be easy for them because they already know the environment. They've been in that locker room two weeks in a row. I mean, it should be an easier spot to go to. They've probably been in the 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 city for like a month. Yeah, you know, New York State of mind. You know, Josh Allen, he's lighting it up. But I'm probably gonna have to go with the Bills. Is the Bills are the more impressive ones because, I mean, we already kind of knew Jimmy G. He's kind of a baller. Um, but Unhealthy. it was against the Bengals and the Bucks. Right. You know, we really weren't expecting this from the Bills at all. Yo, so you know, go. They had, com- they had a comfort behind win against the Jets week one. Go, uh, go Bills because, dude, that's who, I mean, Vincent is with now. Yep. And so yep. I'm glad he got out of Miami because Miami got rocked again this week. Yeah, Miami got rocked. Because they're trading everybody, anybody. Like, if you raise your hand, you know the scene or like scene in those football movies where it's like, if you guys don't want to be here, raise your hand or get out the door. I'm pretty sure like all 53 guys kind of want to walk out the door if it wasn't for a check. Because that is like the epitome of a losing franchise. Like, they are trading all their best assets away to honestly, where's the draft next year? Is it back in New York? I think it is. And yeah, dude. They are 100. They might as well just hosted in Miami because all the players won't have to leave, dude. But they are speaking of the draft. They're 100 percent taking for Tua. Uh, there's no question. But do you think Tua's the answer? That's. I think that's a better answer than uh, Fitz Magic or Josh Rosen right now. To be honest with you, bro, I feel so bad for Rosen. He's just been screwed. He, he's just gotten screwed all over the place. Yeah, he needs to go somewhere where he fully gets an opportunity. Absolutely. But speaking of the Dolphins, they traded away Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers, which that move was kind of questioning. It was, like, weird because we all thought the Steelers were done, but since they traded a first-round pick, they're like, well, I guess I guess they're going in for this season. I mean, it's a sign that they believe in Rudolph. Let's go off. Let's go down to the Big Easy. Drew Brees. Do you think that the Saints have a fallout? Here's the thing. If you're if you're in New Orleans right now, all you're trying to do you're in a boat, okay? You've got about okay. you've got about four or five holes in the boat and you well, can't obviously you can't plug them all. Yeah. So literally your one goal, your one like where your mindset is at is literally just to somehow, some way stay afloat with Teddy Bridgewater. Um if the Drew's, good thing for them is that the NFC South doesn't have like a clear cut, clear cut, like division leader, like the Falcons, you never know what you're going to get. And then the Panthers, like Cam Newton's injured every other week. And obviously the bucks are the bucks. 
So that they have that going for them. But do like if Drew is out for six weeks, like I'm looking at their schedule right now, and I'm seeing at least three losses. Really? Yes, without Drew, 100% three losses. See, I think Teddy Bridgewater can come in. Like, obviously, they're going to lose a game here or there. But I think that Teddy Bridgewater can come in. If you have a backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater is probably the best one that you can get. But see, like, Saints, any, fans, it, Saints fans, like, I know it sucks. Like, I'm not going to just sit up here and be like, yo, you're fine. Like, because obviously, if Patrick went down, I'd be devastated. But, I mean, I get you're losing in a Hall of Fame talent, but, like, be happy that you have Teddy Bridgewater. You could be like these other teams who have, like, Trevor Simeon or, you know, Fitzmagic. Like, be happy with what you got. And you got a good surrounding cast around them to hopefully make plays. But every time Teddy has gotten some run in New Orleans, he doesn't look like the Teddy that played in Minnesota. So I'm low-key worried. Okay. I'm Yeah, I understand that. And now... I mean, I'm excited to see what they got coming up. Moving on, we're not going to talk about Brady in the past other than that they look scary good, okay? Speaking of quarterback play, yo, Lamar Jackson. Yes. And that is what is bringing me to the game of the week. Ooh. For Chief. Yo, um, who did Chief pick last week? Chief picked the Colts over the Titans. So, okay, he got it. Boom. Yeah, Chief is back at 500. There we go. Um, it was kind of scary at first because I was like, oh, crap. Adam Venteri is missing these kicks. Is Chief's fit going to go wrong? And then, you know, Chief was like, don't worry, Sam. Marcus Mario is the quarterback of the Titans. I'm like, you're right, Chief. Dude, when and, you're watching these games, do you low-key think of like, yo, this was Chief's pick? Yes, I'm like, wow, my dog's super smart. Dude, I do that all the time, bro. I'm like, dude, this has to come through, bro. This is Rocco's pick. Dude, Rocco, yeah, Rocco rolling deep in these picks. But so the game of the week this week, the two and O quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, the MVP versus the up and coming. I feel like Lamar is going to be an up and coming star in this league, but it's going to be awesome. Points, points, points. I don't know, like, like I'm running the flags on the field, and I'm not even going to do like I'll probably run a marathon by just running the flags. The whole entire game. Oh, dude, this is week one for you. Yes, I'm Chiefs are at home. Let's go, dude. <laughs> so everyone, tune into the Chiefs game to see your co-host running them flags, son. Yeah. So, uh, this game was a big game last year. Like, if it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes' heroic throw on like fourth and like fourteen, slinging it across his chest to Tyree Kill, Chiefs do not win this game, and Lamar Jackson's record as a starter is 9-0 instead of 8-1. and And the only loss he's had is to the Kansas City Chiefs. So this could be a revenge game for him. But the season opener at the home for the Kansas City Chiefs, the 142.2 decibel crowd will be, be behind the boys in red. And I'm predicting that the Chiefs go 3-0 and win the first game at home because they're in a race right now with the Patriots for the best record in the NFL to whoever's going to get the one seed in the AFC is basically going to get the ticket to the Super Bowl. So I'm picking, uh, I'm not, I'm like, obviously I want the Chiefs to win, but Chiefs, he can't go against his own name. He can't go against his own blood. Right. You know, he's picking, he's picking Mahomes and the boys. Figures home. Yeah. Homer pick. But dude, this game is going to be, this game is going to be must watch. I mean, these are, this is the two hottest teams probably in my opinion in the NFL right now. 
And here, this is not a Chief pick, but this is a Sam pick. Uh, it's going to be an upset pick. You ready for this? I'm ready. Browns take down the Rams this week. Dude, that was my my game to to watch other than the the Baltimore KC game. Cause, really? Yes, because I think, I mean, Cleveland got the woes out week one, I think. They got a win last week. And th- now they're playing somebody. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they're finally getting what they asked for. I mean, they, they took a fat L against the Titans week one, which, you know, slip-ups happen. We get it. But then you go on the road and beat up an injured Jets team. Congrats. It's the injured Jets. But now you get what you asked for. You want Super Bowls? You want to compete? This is the team who you got to beat to get in their way. And honestly, their next five weeks are brutal. Cleveland's? Yes. It is terrible, bro. Versus the Rams at the Ravens at San Francisco against the Seahawks. Yes. Yeah, that's not easy. And then the Patriots, like, bro, it is not. If they go two and three out of this, and that's a win. Because honestly, the rest of their schedule is not bad. Because then after that, they have the Broncos, the Bills, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Steelers again, the Bengals, the Cardinals. Like they could go like a no down the stretch. So another game since you just took mine, I'm gonna see if 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 the Bills go three and zero. I'm I'm interested because dude, we need to we need to have a league where, I mean, some of these bottom like bottom tier teams that we've known can get good again because that makes it fun. Like, I know the Ravens recently won a Super Bowl. Whatever year that was, it's recent. It's in our time. We watched it. We remember it. Yes. But, dude, I mean, the Ravens went through a period of where they were down. They weren't good. And now they're getting good again. And now that's that's all we talk about. So I'm interested to see if the Bills can get it done and go 3-0 and against the Bengals. And I think they do. Because I don't remember in my lifetime of the Bills ever being a good team. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're talking, what, I mean, the Bills of the 80s when they went to, like, five Super Bowls and caught L's in all of them. But, dude. Bro, that, that's got to be the most depressing thing ever as a sports fan. It does. Like knowing you went to, like, four straight and just knowing you couldn't just win one. Yeah, it's sad. But, dude, like, are like, do you agree with me, though? Like, ever since we've been alive, Buffalo has been trash. Like, Yes. No, absolutely. Like, the only thing I know Buffalo from is, like, Buffalo Wild Wings. Like, dude, it would be cool if... Buffalo was good. If the Jets could finally turn the corner, if the Lions could find some pulse, um, <laughs> if I mean, there's there's a lot of juice in Arizona right now. But dude, that would be fun. If just bad teams became good, right? Or they just start training the upward direction. So I'm saying Bills go three and zero and onward in Buffalo. We got okay as the podcast. We got to pick one NFL. I think the Bills have got to be our one team. Where like obviously we have we're fans of like other teams, but the podcast has to have a team that we have to follow. Okay, yeah, dude, I think we I think we fit well in Buffalo. So we can give like a weekly we can give a weekly Bills update. I'm for that. Let's do it. We're okay. Bills fans. Sweet. So and then the other games this week, Seahawks. They're gonna roll the Saints. Like Seahawks are at home. Saints are on the road. I mean, any even if you have Drew Brees, that's a tough game to play. And going up there to the 12th man, I think that they're going to demolish Teddy Bridgewater and all the Saints fans are going to be crapping their pants. But don't worry, guys. It's going to be okay. Give Teddy some time and get back in the dome and win some games. Yo, you know who we need to give some time to? Who do we need to give some time to? Our Athlete of the Week. (laughs) 
This week's Athlete of the Week comes from the Peach State. This is not one individual, but this is a group of fans. These fans of the Georgia Bulldogs pulled together to honor a great cause. Wendy Anderson, the late wife of Coach Anderson at Arkansas State, tragically passed away due to cancer. Now this week, Kirby Smart and the crew rallied the troops and gave the Bulldogs something to, let's just say, color about. The stadium of Sanford Stadium in Georgia was pinked out in honor of Wendy. All right, so that was our Athlete of the Week. Next week, we're going to be breaking history. Uh, I will be on the continent of Africa, and Brock will be here in the States, and I'm pretty sure this will be the first transatlantic podcast ever. And so, Ever? For, ev- well, I don't want to say ever, but ever. And yeah, that's we'll some BS history. Ever. We'll just say ever. Okay. Well, let's just claim it, because I'm sure there's been others out there, but let's just claim it. Yeah, we're lying, but yeah, first sure. ever transatlantic sports podcast. In October or in September. And that's called That's Some BS. I think we got it yes. now. Yeah, so we're going to break records next week. I'll be in South Africa for the next two. So actually our next two episodes, uh, I will be in the continent of Africa. Actually, <laughs> that sounded so bad. but uh, Dang, dude, the continent of Africa must be fun. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a blast. You know, I'm just going to. Uh, you know, just go over the Sahara, take a sh- short drive over to the Congo. You know, it's just a short drive everywhere. But anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in and listening. Um, big things are coming up for us. We got big games, uh, more segments coming up. And uh, follow us on our social media page. Guys, we're trying to crank stuff out there for you guys. Brock, you got anything else to say? I think that's a wrap, dude. But oh, no, no, no. I do want to, again, throw out the number. To call. Yes. So, so the yeah. number is going to be 539-209-4816. BS hotline. 503. No, 539. That's probably why we didn't get any calls. I put it out there and put it 503. <laughs> okay. Wait, that dude, we need to fire, fire our social media team. That's unacceptable. Yeah, that, that was unacceptable. Yeah. Probably. All right. Hey, you want me to I mean, lay down the law or, or you got it I'll, I'll with our social it. team? I'll take care of it. They'll, right. they'll be in trouble for okay. this. Okay, so again, for the new social team that's going to come in, 539-209-4816. Don't worry. No one's going to answer it. Call in. Don't have to leave a name. Say whatever. Say hello. Hang up. That's cool. That makes our day. Just do something. We love it. Please. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you on the flip. Deuces. We enjoyed having you on board this morning. I appreciate your business. I'll fly with you again in the future. Five minutes, please. Try the camp for arrival.